Shalom and welcome to the Jewish Mind, where the growth of modernity meets the timeless wisdom and solutions of Judaism. Today we will be exploring the topic of wholesomeness, finding inner balance. Taking a look at the recent decades, we find people, and especially American citizens, leaning forward, backward, to the left and then to the right, in trying to find inner balance. There was the hippie decade, the mercenary decade, each trying to find inner balance which breeds inner purpose and fulfillment. There is the rush to the physical, the spiritual, the disciplined, the free-spirited, the focused futurist, and the living in the present, each finding where their soul lives in peace. Sadly, we also see the generation of despair, longing forward and backward, trying to leave go of a need for meaning and purpose in order to find inner peace. Amongst these are those who question if inner peace even exists, or are we pawns upon a celestial chessboard or mere hamsters in the cage of some being's entertainment? The answer, I believe, is to be found in the Torah, and more specifically, at the very opening of Genesis, in which God tells us the story of creation. Amongst the wealth of mystical knowledge hidden in this story must also lie the secret to man's search for meaning, in which he will find the secret to obtaining inner balance. Upon the first verse of the Torah, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, our sages comment, and I quote, said Rabbi Isaac, it was not necessary to begin the Torah except from this month is to you, which is the first commandment that the Israelites were commanded, for the main purpose of the Torah is its commandments. You see, there are many books of Torah about the history of the Jewish people and of the world which are of the oral law of the Torah. However, specifically the five books of Moses which define the particular books of the Torah are primarily of the 613 commandments that define Jewish law. Thus, the first exploration on the first verse of the Torah is why the Torah doesn't immediately begin with the first commandment of Jewish law that God gave to the Jewish people, thus beginning with its primary purpose. As an aside, there was a homeless man who I befriended when I was a rabbinical student in yeshiva, who had lost his zest for life. He was known to the yeshiva boys as Reb Zalman of blessed memory. He was a very brilliant man who had written songs from which he would receive royalties. However, unfortunately, he had a bitter divorce from which he never emotionally recovered. Sometimes this man, somehow, this man found his way to the main synagogue of Chabad, 770 Eastern Parkway, where we rabbinical students were studying. I don't believe that he had much of a religious upbringing, but he picked up much just from hanging around with the boys. Often he would misquote this teaching purposely and say, In the beginning God created heaven and earth. Said Rabbi Yitzchak, it was not necessary. God shouldn't have created the heavens and the earth. Such were the painful words of a man who could no more find meaning, inner balance or inner peace in his life anymore. 
So going back and understanding the question of our sages of why did the Torah begin with the story of creation rather than with its primary purpose of teaching us the 613 commandments, we also find another interesting mystical exploration. In the opening verse of creation we find, the verse says, In the beginning God created heaven and earth, first heaven and then earth. However, at the closing of creation, the verse states, there are, These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created on the day that the Lord God made earth and heaven. First earth is mentioned and then heaven is mentioned. Thus the question of who's on first, heaven or earth, spiritual or physical, the commandments or creation, is asked again. I want to tackle this very same question from a different angle by digging deeper into the opening question of our sages. Simply speaking, our sages ask why the Torah doesn't begin with the verse in Exodus of this month is to you. Because the first commandment that Moses brought to the Jewish people in Egypt just two weeks prior to their exodus from Egypt is the commandment of the new moon, which sets the Jewish calendar, which follows the lunar orbit. However, in essence, other than chronological order, the commandment of Rosh Chodesh, the new moon, isn't the foundation of the 613 commandments. And maybe the question should have been, why doesn't this Torah start with, I am God your God who took you out of Egypt? Yet, Hasidism sees in the sage's question the heart of the question indeed. Genesis speaks of the creation of nature, mystically defined by the stability of the sun and the solar orbit while the commandments of the Torah are mystically defined by the newness of the rebirth of the moon and the lunar orbit. As a matter of fact, the Hebrew word for month is chodesh, which means new. Our sages teach us that when God created the world, He set in place the calendar cycle of the solar orbit, the four seasons, and the laws of nature. However, once God chose Jacob and his sons, and was to bring about their redemption from Egypt and give them the Holy Torah at Mount Sinai, God introduced the new cycle of the Chodesh, in which the month of Nisan, the name of the first month, Nisan, which literally means miracles, is the first month of the cycle. And thus was introduced the concept of miracles versus nature. Genesis, nature versus commandments. This month is to you, miracles. Thus the question now becomes of the two ways in which we can find God, see God, and to connect with God. One way to find, see, and connect with God is through the study of science and the laws of nature that God installed within His creation. The other way to find God, see God, and to connect to God is through recognizing and observing the miracles that God performs. Thus we again have heaven, miracles, and earth, nature in which the question of our sages now becomes one of why does the Torah begin with speaking of the laws of nature when spirituality seems to be stronger in the experience of miracles? Let us contemplate this phenomenon of finding God in nature versus finding God in miracles. 
Yes, when we experience a miracle, we definitely come face to face with the reality of God's existence and of God's continuous moment-to-moment protection and involvement over us and within all of creation. However, in most of such occasions, this powerful impact of realization doesn't last long. On the other hand, when we find God in the regular, natural course of events of life and of the universe, we then get to see God's hand in His glove of Mother Nature, and Mother Nature becomes transparent to the hand of God. This lower frequency of revelation lasts longer and has a more permanent and practical effect in our day-to-day lives. Before we bring this exploration full circle, let us view nature versus miracles on its spiritual dimension within the Torah. For in the Torah itself there exists both nature and miracles. Maimonides speaks of the primary purpose of the 613 commandments to be that of a foundation to civilization, in which the commandments' primary purpose is to make a mensch, a decent person, out of people. When we view the 600 command, 613 commandments as such, we are approaching the Torah on its nature plane, in which the primary experience and purpose of creation is within Genesis, that God created heaven and earth, and God placed mankind upon the earth and commanded them to be civil, moral, and decent. However, there is another plane, defined by another orbit, that of this month is to you, in which the Torah is a source of spirituality of miraculous caliber, far beyond just civility, morality, and decency. This miracle plane of the Torah is where each and every, every day we experience the splitting of the sea of nature and connect with the divinity that lies beyond that of the conformed laws of nature. And thus, the question of our sages now is, why does the Torah begin with Genesis nature, in which the Torah is diminished to a book of civilization, rather than to begin with Rosh Chodesh, miracles, in which the Torah serves as a bridge into infinite divinity? Well then, who's on first? Heaven or earth? Genesis or commandments? Nature or miracles? Infinite divinity or civilization? The answer is that the depth of all spirituality is Genesis, to be a mensch in our practical, physical, day-to-day lives. This is the reason why God created heaven and earth. Otherwise, God could have just created heaven and filled it with all the celestial beings. The reason why God didn't stop creation when He finished creating heaven but instead God went on to create earth, is because the purpose and meaning to creation lies within the finite challenges and nuances of living a civil, moral, and decent physical life. However, in order to successfully live a civil, moral, and decent physical life, we need to be showered with copious amounts of spirituality. Thus, All the seeming contradictions line up beautifully. The first verse tells us that God created first heaven and then earth. For the only way to survive as a mensch in the earthliness of our office lives 
is to first create a, have, a heaven of prayer, Torah study, and acts of kindness. However, God wraps up the verses of creation by telling us that the primary focus is earth more than it is heaven. And thus the verse states, on the day that Lord your God created earth and heaven. So too, the entire Torah begins with its primary focus of civility, morality, and decency, telling us first about Genesis, that God created the world. Our sages want us to understand the message, and thus they point out that the deepest powers of miracles and divinity is all for the sake of living a natural, decent life. Thus, while the Torah should have started with the laws and the commandments, it instead starts with the deepest experience of meaning and purpose. God created heaven and earth for us to live within decently. The outcome of living all of our spirituality through being a mensch is that little by slowly we create a psyche change within ourselves that opens, up, opens us up to the utopic experience that we will have with the coming of Mashiach. By the way, what do our sages answer to their own question? Let me quote it to you. Because of the verse, the strength of his works he related to his people to give them their inheritance of the nations. For if the nations of the world should say to Israel, You are robbers, for you conquered by force the lands of, of the seven nations of Canaan. They will reply, meaning the Jews will reply, The entire earth belongs to the Holy One, blessed be He. He created it. This we learn from the story of the creation. And He gave it to whomever He deemed proper. When He wished, He gave it to them. And when He wished, He took it away from them and gave it to us. End quote. We can explore this answer of our sages to their own question from so many different angles. However, I want to stay on theme. The answer here tells us that the Jewish people, in all their spirituality, are defined by their capacity of them having a land amongst the physical inheritance of nations and not by their living within the clouds of glory in the desert. In closing, the decades and generations will flow forward and backward in search of meaning and purpose, either in the physical or in the spiritual. However, the Jew, the fiddler on the roof, must find inner balance at the pinnacle of where the two meet. The Jewish soul will never find inner peace, neither in just the physicality of wealth, nor in just the spirituality of abstinence. We must find a new moon in Genesis, the depths of spirituality in physical decency, and our physical decency based upon spiritual guidance. Practically speaking, as we enter into the new year and into the new Torah cycle beginning with Genesis, we must make an absolute resolution to experience physical success based upon spiritual foundations. We must start our day with spiritual prayer and make it to work on time. We must have a full week's work and stop on time for Shabbat. We must stay focused on our physical goals and share it in our beautiful family moments. This is how God created heaven and earth to be in balance and in peace. Friends, 
Modernity offers growth, and growth comes with challenges. Judaism offers timeless divine solutions. The Jewish mind is where modernity meets Judaism.